If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. If we had like a crystal ball that told us all the challenges that we would face, if we were to change our life or take a jump and do something else, the closed doors, the obstacles, the competition, we would say, no, thank you. I'll just stay where I'm at. And I think that's a lot of why we don't see the journey ahead, because it would be discouraging. My advice is you just have to have faith, believe in yourself, and just make that leap, especially if you know that you're unhappy and unfulfilled, and you know that you have skills that are transferable. I mean, leadership, management, financial background, those skills are transferable. Yeah, that would be my advice. Just don't let that fear stifle you because you can't be comfortable and courageous at the same time. Layla Carlson told me at one point she felt like her job was simply draining the life out of her. So how did she turn it around to land her bucket list career? Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Crystal Laurie. Thanks for joining me. The New Jersey-based mom of two worked in banking for close to 20 years, most of it management, but recently she started to feel pigeonholed and trapped. On her lunch breaks, Layla would go visit her favorite coffee shop, get her favorite latte and warm chocolate croissant, and just relax in the lounge area. And she noticed when she was there, she felt totally at ease, but she didn't know why. And one day in that very coffee shop, her whole life changed due to a conversation where she says that she was the most honest with herself that she'd ever been. Do you ever think how honest with yourself are you? And if you're honest enough to be vulnerable and reflect on the decisions you've made in your professional path, does it help you picture your future? When you're 90 years old and sitting in your rocking chair, what will be your biggest regret in life and what will give you the most fulfillment? I think when we consider that, we can achieve that clarity of self-awareness and frame our lives and professional journeys this way. You might begin to see what really matters to you the way Layla did. Let's listen now to what she's learned. Welcome to Bucket List Careers. Layla, great to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much, Krista. Thank you for having me. This is a first, and I love to have firsts. First coffee shop owner who was coming from the corporate world, and we want to dig into all of that, of course, what lights you up about your business, being a business owner, but also the transitions and you know your mindset behind them. So let's just dive right in. I know you have an MBA. You were in banking for close to two decades. Yeah. You had a lucrative, successful career, but something wasn't working for you. You said you felt a creative side was being stifled. 
Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, I was in banking for 22 years. And overall, I had a great career. I really did. I grew in my career. But it got to the point, I would say it was the last few years of my career, where I wanted to grow in my career. I wanted to be promoted. And despite my efforts, it just wasn't happening. And on top of that, I just felt like my creative side was being stifled. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of great things about banking. You can help people with their finances. But when it comes to creativity, it's, you know, it's a little difficult to let that shine. So on top of changing government regulations and things that just made it harder for me to have ownership around decisions, things were more regulated in banking. It just got to the point where I just didn't feel fulfilled anymore. And I felt that after, like you said, two decades of this, it was time for a new chapter. And you were in management. Obviously, you always had a head for numbers. Yes. Were you ever thinking, I could run a business? I can take these skills and transfer them. And I know you had a pivotal moment, actually, that we want to yeah. unpack. But was it always a dream of yours to do this kind of thing, to have a coffee shop of your own? It was. And, it, you know, it was always one of those dreams that kind of like stayed in my heart, but almost like got buried as the years went on. You know, as the years mm. of my career went on, I thought, OK, like this is me, who I am. I'm, I'm a banker. I'm just going to be doing this forever. And I've always loved coffee since I was young. I love good food and I just love the coziness of a of a coffee shop. I always have. So whether I'm traveling, wherever I am, I always kind of gravitate towards coffee shops and trying their new lattes or what they have. So yes, it was always a dream, but it started to become a fading dream and one that mm. I just didn't think would come to fruition until things kind of just changed in my life. And I hit this moment that I was like, no, it's it's time. Okay, so let's talk about that change, because that transition is really what we're interested in understanding, because I know you said you had some fear of the unknown. Tell me about the moment you said, I'm doing this. What sparked that moment? And then how you got started on the path to your entrepreneurial self and who you are now. Yeah, so it was an interesting path. So I would visit this coffee shop during lunch breaks and things like that. And I got to know the owners pretty well. And, you know, my husband and I, we would meet for lunch there or I would just go there to have an afternoon snack. And and there was one day where we were chatting with them and they were just like, you know, we're, we're just at that point. We're just ready to retire. So if you know anybody that might be interested in, in taking over, let us know. And all of a sudden I was like, yeah, me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh, like these words just jumped out of my mouth. And I was like, <laughs> why did I say that? Like, it was the weirdest thing. OK, because not as if you were scoping it out. You just jumped no, at not it at all. I didn't even know that they were ready to retire and everything. So when I said that, I was like, oh, my goodness. And and then I went back to my office that day. And it's almost like those words were like a seed that took root, you know, and I started thinking to myself, could I do this? Like, should I do this? Because when I said that, their eyes kind of lit up. They were like, really? And, and I was like, oh, no, that was a joke. Well, like, I don't know how that came <laughs> out. But it started, it was a seed and it took root. And I okay. started thinking, well, maybe this is time. Maybe, you know, I've always wanted to have a coffee shop and want a cute little community and connect with the customers and do things for the community. And over the course of several months, you know, my husband and I had lots of conversations about, could we do this? Should should we? I mean, really me, because my husband has his own career. He's a financial advisor. Mm -hmm. But of course, you know, it was a decision we wanted to make together. 
there was one, yeah, pivotal moment where I had taken the day off. My daughter was sick. I kept getting emails on, and it was a sick day. Like I took a PTO day mm-hmm. and I kept getting emails. This is due. That's due. Need an answer on this right away. And I'm like, just trying to tend to my daughter. And it was that in that moment that I was like, I can't do this. Like I cannot do this. And it's time. All of my efforts and the things that I do are going towards someone else's goals and someone else's company and growing their bottom line. So I thought it's time. I, I know that I have a creative side. And this was a coffee shop that was already in existence, but I was looking to assume ownership. The owners wanted to retire and transform some things about it, freshen certain things up and add some new fun things. Right. After that, we got the ball rolling on the change. I do have your timeline here. I think that was December of 21. You bought the coffee shop. And it was obviously very exciting because you were a business owner for the first time in your life. Tell me how you thought you could make it stand out because, first of all, I just want to say before I launch into the fact that there are a lot of coffee shops, I'm a lover of coffee. I feel like it's not just coffee anymore. It's an experience. Yes. It's something fun for me to do. I like my latte with my one pump of toffee nut or caramel with oat milk and whether it's ice or hot. <laughs> and I <laughs> like the experience of going in maybe sitting down, just just the people around me, the environment, the vibe. Totally. So I would assume that you were thinking to yourself, how do I do something that's a little bit different? And I know you told me you have something called coffee flights, like a wine or a beer flight. So tell me about your differentiator, because that's really important when you're starting out. Sure. And that's really the big thing that I kind of changed or added to our menu. And I Totally agree with you, Krista. I think coffee is an experience. It is. I'm a part of the coffee culture where you just relish in it. It tastes good. You like to try different things. You like the vibe of of sitting in that coffee shop where it's cozy by a fireplace. And there's just so much about a coffee shop when it comes to the ambiance and the vibe. And that's a lot of what I try to create at Barista's Coffee House. But yeah, these coffee flights. So I started them. I think we rolled them out in April of 2021. It was literally, you know, a friend kind of suggested to me, hey, why not try this? I mean, people do beer and wine flights. And I was like, that's different, you know, okay. So I put a lot of research and thought into it. And yeah, what a coffee flight is, it's a sampler of four different lattes. For instance, for people that are new to coffee, we have a traditional flight, which is cappuccino, our signature barista's latte, a cafe mocha, and a caramel macchiato. So it's a good sampler of those basic coffee drinks, but, you know, the introductions to lattes and espresso. But my favorite part is changing them by the season. Right now I'm working on our spring flights with a lot of fun spring flavors like lavender vanilla and cherry blossom and things like that. But yeah, it's fun and people love them and it's an experience. I mean, they come in, it's very Instagrammable. A lot of times people find a favorite drink that they normally would not try. And I think, I mean, that all sounds yummy. I like that it's changing all the time, but it's also building community. Like you would go in with friends to do that. Right. I mean, you can grab your coffee in the morning and that can be your routine, but I can see how that's also community building, which makes sense to me. Let's talk about some obstacles that you've faced. I mean, I know some of the key success factors in owning a coffee shop are related to like we talked about finding a white space, finding singularity, but also having access to a skilled workforce, which I know, having talked to a lot of business owners since the pandemic in the post-pandemic world, hasn't been the easiest. And customer service has to be so key for a business like yours. So tell me how you are getting through that. If if you're not having problems, fine, but how, how do you go about keeping your staff at the level you want it to be? 
I can't imagine any business owner, especially in this industry, not having risk issues. There's so many challenges that any business owner faces, and especially in this world, the rising cost of goods, inflation, paying your workforce a, a fair and decent wage and things like that. With my journey, I was lucky that the existing staff stayed on with me. So I was fortunate that this workforce was able to teach me a lot of the things that I didn't know. I didn't have food and beverage experience. I had leadership experience, management experience, business, finance, all of that. But food and beverage, running a kitchen, efficiency, vendors, ordering, inventory. Luckily, they're a wonderful team and a lot of them stayed on. Some of them have moved on and you hire and train and do the best you can. But yeah, it's it's a challenge. I mean, keeping a dedicated, good team that wants to deliver the same customer experience that I expect. I mean, right. in a coffee shop, I want our customers to feel like they're an extension of my living room, like they're guests in my home. That's how we want everyone on the team to treat them. We train that way and everything. But I think a lot of it has to do with just appreciating your employees, yeah, rewarding them, telling them when they do have a good job. We do outings with them. We go bowling. We go, you know, to dinners and things like that. And we just try to have fun together. I mean, we work in a fun coffee shop where we have a lot of cool customers that come and share their stories with us. It's, it's really a great place to connect, not just for our customers, but also for us as a team. No, oh, it sounds like you have the right balance of expectations, of course, of your staff members, but also understanding their needs. And I would imagine flexibility is key, too, because I think a lot of people, as I said, these days post-pandemic, view flexibility as really important. Mm -hmm. Are you able to offer that to your employees, too? And does that make a difference? Yeah, absolutely. You know, if if they need a few days off, we just move things around. And the best part about it is that our team is cross-trained. A lot of people can do multiple roles. And I think you see that in businesses, even in, in corporate businesses. I saw that in banking before I left. The theme is to hire people and cross-train them because in this changing world with a changing workforce, you need to be able to pivot and adjust things when needed. Someone calls out, someone gets sick, you have to be able to move things around. So... Let's go back to fear of the unknown and how you got through that, because we like to give advice and takeaways to listeners as we get towards the end of the podcast. And a lot of people talk about that. You know, as you said, you've never had hospitality experience, restaurant experience, although you did have the business training and that skill set to take with you to your second act. Tell me about you as a person your headspace and what it took to really grow something that was totally new to you. And, and if somebody's listening right now, thinking about a coffee shop ownership gig, which I think a lot of people do. I think a lot of people dream about that because it just seems so community centric. Yeah. Especially coming out of corporate America. For sure. What do you think your biggest piece of advice is in terms of like getting towards that professional purpose goal? For me, it was fear of the unknown. Absolutely. And my advice would be we cannot become what we want by remaining what we are. We just can't. And if you know that you're unhappy or unfulfilled, it is worth taking that leap. You know, there's one quote that, that I really love. If there's even the slightest chance of getting something that will make you happy, risk it because life is too short and happiness is too rare. And it's so true. We have one life. And, you know, for me, that was a really big hurdle to get over the fear of the unknown because... Mm -hmm. On paper, does this make sense? Somebody that was in banking for 20 years, whole life is, you know, money, finance, all of that, leaving that all behind and going and running a coffee shop, 
Like, no, on paper, it would be like, what are you doing? You don't have the experience. And I had some naysayers in my life that, that were like, you should kind of stay where you are. <laughs> Well, especially if you're doing well and it's lucrative. And I was just going to ask you yeah. about that, naysayers. Do you feel there was that inner voice that said, oh, you know, people will think this isn't enough for me? Yeah, of course. I had all of those doubts. Luckily, I had a very good support system. My husband was extremely supportive and still is. It's funny because his office is close to my coffee shop. So he bounces back and forth sometimes if I need help Aww. with something or something broke, like the refrigerator broke and he'll take a look at it. Or I love that. So he's very helpful and he's very much a part of it. And I don't know how I would do this on my own. Like it's, it's great to have a team, but I had a lot of support. Fear of the unknown, I think is a very common struggle. It's a very common struggle. Yeah. But I strongly believe that if we had like a crystal ball that told us all the challenges that we would face, if we were to change our life or take a jump and do something else, the closed doors, the obstacles, the competition, we would say, no, thank you. I'll just stay where I'm at. And I think that's a lot of why we don't see the journey ahead, because it would be discouraging. My advice is you just have to have faith, believe in yourself, and just make that leap, especially if you know that you're unhappy and unfulfilled, and you know that you have skills that are transferable. I mean, leadership, management, financial background, those skills are transferable. Yeah, that would be my advice. Just don't let that fear stifle you because you can't be comfortable and courageous at the same time. You just can't. Oh, I love that. I'm going to leave it there and ask you now to tell us where to find out more. Tell me the name of the business again and the area. I know you're in New Jersey. Yeah. So it's Barista's Coffee House and we're located in Linwood, New Jersey, which is in Atlantic County. We're about 15 minutes from Ocean City, about 20 minutes from Atlantic City. Oh, I've been to Ocean City. It's so fun. I love the boardwalk. Perfect. Obviously, yeah. it's a great seaside area. Love it. It is. It's a fun resort town. So if you're ever down, come visit Baristas. I'd love to have you in and like, treat you to a coffee flight. Totally. I love that. I love that. And then online, tell me about where you are, where your presence is mostly. Are you more Instagram, Facebook, everywhere? So where we are on Instagram, hashtag baristas NJ, and on Facebook, we're baristas coffee house. So I'm active on both of them. I constantly post our updates and our new flights and our changing flavors and things that we do. And our website is baristascoffeehouse.com. Interesting. I do ask because a lot of people are interested in social media and growing your business that way. And you find Instagram to be more effective for what you do? I feel like they're more engaged on Instagram. It's yeah. easy to just hit a like. Some people just prefer the Facebook platform. Some people prefer Instagram. I haven't gotten into like TikTok and things like that yet. I feel like managing your social media can be a job in and of itself. Sure. And to be creative about what to post and when. And there's so much to it. So I kind of right now just keep it to Facebook and Instagram. But I find that you can engage audiences on their platform. Totally. I get that. I think it's baby steps when it comes to social media, seeing what works. And then also developing your voice and your presence out there and continuing with it, whether it's Instagram, Facebook evolving into TikTok, seeing what works and what's authentic for you. Well, Layla, I'm so glad we did this. Thank you for coming on the podcast and sharing your journey. Thank you. I really do want to try the coffee flights. I think that's a brilliant idea. So if I'm down in Ocean City anytime soon, I will stop in. Thanks again for coming on Bucketless Careers. Awesome. Please do. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Krista. Thank you. Be well. 
This is Bucket List Careers. I'm Crystal Laurie. Thanks so much for joining me. We'll have a fresh episode on Thursday. Be sure to rate, review, or share any of the episodes that speak to you. Be well. An ironic media production. Visit us at ironickmedia.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.